Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen. Hello and welcome to NVC IGN's Nintendo podcast. This week we will be talking about more about the Nintendo Switch OLED, but specifically what Valve's new Steam Deck, a brand new handheld console, PC, it's a <laughs> lot of different things all wound up into one thing. We'll be talking about what that means for Nintendo. Also, Nickelodeon's Brawl, a Skyward Sword review discussion, and a lot more. I am your host, Casey DeFritis, and this week I am joined by Mitchell Saltzman. Hello, hello. And Brian Altano. 
Good to be back. Been yeah. <laughs> it's always been a minute with you. You're always so busy. <laughs> and then also Tom Marks. Hello. I did not hear Tom Marks say hello. Hello. There we go. Oh, there he is. That one? There he is. There's uh -oh. Tom. Tom but only speaks have... in Fire Engine now. <laughs> <laughs> but we have both Tom and Mitchell on because they were, have been able to go hands-on with everything we're talking about this week. Not Nickelodeon, but The Legend of Zelda <laughs> Skyward Sword and the Nintendo Switch OLED and Valve's new Steam Deck. So I'm very excited to have a very appropriate panel on this week to talk about all of these things but let's kick it off you might be asking what the heck is the valve steam deck if you didn't see this morning's announcement so tom can you give us a short rundown what is this thing sure uh so the the short rundown is that valve is making a 400 or starting at 400 dollar gaming pc in the form factor of a nintendo switch basically um, and so it's a handheld seven inch screen, right? With, uh, controllers attached to either side. They're not just detachable like Joy-Con or anything. Um, and then it is just a fully fleshed out gaming PC. The, the, the kind of cheeky way to put it would be that Nintendo didn't want to make a Switch Pro, so Valve did, um, uh. basically. <laughs> Although I don't think that's entirely representative of the situation. Um, that that soundbite has already been ripped out and manipulated yeah. and is you're doomed. <laughs> Sorry, you oh, never no, had a weekend. Um, no, no, that's, that's just my that's just my cheeky kind of sum up. It's not I don't think it's a fully representative kind of way to put it, because obviously a huge appeal of Nintendo is Nintendo first party games, which this thing does not have. This is a gaming PC, so it only plays PC games. But kind of the pitch of it is that your entire steam library is available on this thing and playable on this thing and they've made a new version of steam os so that it is all very uh they're calling it a gaming pc and i think it is accurate to say it's a gaming pc not a console but it is very console like in its kind of ui and its use um but then on top of that it also has an entire desktop on it and you can leave steam and you can open browsers or you can install the epic game store or you play or you know whatever other sort of third-party programs you want on it just like it's a computer um and this is got announced today uh we actually as anybody who's watching can see uh me and ryan mccaffrey and uh bo moore all got to go up to valve last week and actually try this thing hands-on so we have hands-on tangible experience of what it was like to use and you can find we have the, it's our IGN first this month, and we're going to have a ton of coverage about it. If you're curious to hear more about it in that way, so uh, I, I was just going to ask. So one question, as as someone who's played it, um, you know, even playing the Switch, sometimes the Switch can get hot when you're playing right um, some you know more graphically intensive games. Uh, did, did was that ever an issue when you were playing? I think you said you played Fallen Order on on high yeah. uh, graphic settings. So the Device gets, so they did a lot, they told us they did a lot of work with heat management, and one of the things that I think is key about it is that it does get warm, it is a gaming PC, right? It's not like that's not an, like a thing that exists, but they did a lot of work with like redirecting the heat away from your hands, so like mm -hmm. the controller part of it never gets warm. The things that you're, I mean, except for, you know, by normal holding it. Um, right. that part of it does not heat up. It's more just like the, the central part of it that gets a little warmer and then vents out and it's got a little fan on the top that uh, you can hear on those those loud or those more intensive games, but not like annoyingly so. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, they they thought about that for sure. It's it's. I mean, for, for, I, I just first of all, it's like it's amazing that this was revealed officially two hours before the Nintendo Switch OLED went up for pre-order. Yeah, uh, officially. Which <laughs> yeah. is, I mean, well, I, Here, I I'll, give, I'll do you one a little even better. Uh, we on the morning we woke up in seattle at valve's office to see this thing the oled switch was announced and we were like wow. literally going to their office being like well okay <laughs> <laughs> well so I, I mean so i'm not going to make a declarative statement or anything crazy like oh this is the switch killer or something because right. you know everybody literally yeah. everybody has come at the throne for nintendo and they all miss it's yeah. just been happening for decades. But also this is, I think, servicing a different audience. But what's super cool to me is that this this is a major player reinstated efforts into the handheld space, which is sure. awesome. And I think that's something you can thank Nintendo for, uh, for sort of like revitalizing that that concept or keeping that alive for so long. But the Switch, uh, its it sales dominance over the last few years has, has reopened the doors, I think, for some companies to step back in. And to me, this is like the closest they've had to not necessarily competition in that space, but at least somebody uh, sort of parallel in that space, making it a similar effort since the Vita. And I just, as a somebody who's loved handheld gaming forever, it this is a really cool day. Yeah, I know. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with the point that, like, I think that, you know, this is not going to end Nintendo by any means. It is a more powerful thing than the Switch, right? It is a stronger thing. It's going to be able to run AAA PC games at really good settings. Like, the video right now is literally showing Death Stranding running at its default settings, you know, on this this tiny little device which is incredibly impressive but again the switch is cheaper the switch has nintendo's sort of polish and games to it and i think that there's absolutely still going to be like it's not going to make that obsolete by any means and i also from speaking to valve i don't think that's their goal right like their goal was really to extend like the pc gaming space into mobile which is not a thing that has been very successfully done before um mm-hmm. which is very different than nintendo which is like nintendo is just makes handhelds and that's what they do and that is their space and so i think that they are 100 percent, like you're saying competing with each other but they are also to a certain extent running in parallel where it's like right. these are going to appeal to two different audiences at the end of the day in a very real way they've attempted so- to crack into that like living room space mm-hmm. for ages now in some in some way um and so i, I think like they had, there was that steam box thing that they never really like unified a few years ago yeah whereas talk- nintendo was just like here's our consoles here's our handhelds right the steam machines didn't that was like kind of their first foray into hardware right was the steam machines and the steam controller the steam machines were a pretty like unequivocal disaster i think it really didn't go well for them and steam controller has some fans who are say, you know, once you really get used to it, it's an incredible, much better controller. But like the barrier of entry is really high on it. And largely it was not looked back upon well. I didn't ever really enjoy using it very much. Um, but then since then also, like, you know, they've done the HTC Vive. They've done the the Valve Index VR headset. The controllers on those things are largely considered pretty impressive. So it's not like their hardware efforts are only the Steam machine. Um, and yeah, it's it's interesting to see them commit in a to to more of a kind of casual desktop or out off the desktop gaming PC in in a way that they haven't before. And that, like you said, Nintendo really did. I think whether it's you know following Nintendo or not, I don't think that's entirely fair to say. Uh, but it is at least they did pave the way for. 
So there are a few things I want to mention that I think makes it a more of a direct competitor to the Switch. And one of the things, so you mentioned that it is it is more expensive than the Switch, and it is. However, it's not that much more expensive, especially considering the new Nintendo Switch OLED. So the OLED is $350, comes out on October 8th. The Steam Deck starts at $400, comes out in December. So for $50 more, you can basically get a gaming PC versus a switch with a better screen yeah and i think that is like that is going to be a very difficult decision for a lot of people come holiday time i think when they are choosing which to get but i'm also really curious so one of the reasons i gravitate towards console gaming versus pc gaming is that i find it a bit cumbersome to deal with pc updates and getting controllers to work and like it's just not a seamless experience the way that consoles are i know some people are going to come at me with it but sometimes i can't be bothered to try and you know boot up slay the spire on steam and then have the controller not work and then finagle with it for 30 minutes and then not have time to play anymore Mm -hmm. this is a true story this happened to me um (laughs) why was i trying to play slay the spire on a pc don't worry about it um (laughs) but yeah, you're so, you're dead on, right? Like the PC, PC gaming space, I think, has gotten a lot more accessible, a lot smoother in in recent years. Like the whole kind of like worry about like updating your drivers, I think, is like a really kind of like outdated sort of worry in the PC gaming space. But you are a hundred percent right that as smooth as as smoother as it is right now, it is still not as smooth as the console experience because that is what consoles. That's kind of one of the main appeals of them, right? Is you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Here it all is. And I think that's part of what the Steam Deck is trying to do a little bit, too, is, you know, the controllers are attached to it. You don't ever have to see that desktop if you don't want to. It just you can stay in the Steam OS, and it is a little bit more kind of streamlined for you. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to, oh, sorry, real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the thing I wanted to bring up, uh, you know, you brought up the price. Um, the base version of the Steam Deck is only 64 gigabytes yeah. of, of internal storage, which <laughs> if you're planning on playing AAA games on this thing, oh, yeah. that's like one game. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's worth mentioning also that all the, the models have a slot for SD cards for external storage, which is, you know, great. But you know, those those SD cards can be expensive. So I think if you look at it as just like, you know, four hundred dollars versus three hundred fifty dollars, you have to take a couple of extra things into consideration. There's right. not a lot of internal storage. You're going to have to buy an, ex, uh, an extra memory card for it. Um, also, this doesn't come with a dock. Um, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Tom. Um, but like one of the big things about the switch is the ability to put it into a dock connected to your your. Uh, your TV and just be able to play it as a hybrid handheld right. and console thing. Um, I, I read the fa- the FAQ and they said that uh, they, they don't have anything to announce right now with regards to doc, but that you could technically just get any sort of USB uh, USB C doc that you can just put USB C cable into an HDMI cable and then that will connect to your TV. Yeah. So, so I can, illuminate a little bit of that uh this thing Mm -hmm. has a usb-c you're 100 right in the storage right 64 gigabytes Mm -hmm. is also what the oled switch has but oled but switch games are much much smaller right Right. like the fact that breath of the wild is like 11 gigs or whatever is Mm -hmm. insane it's like 
incredible that that game is so small. It, it is worth pointing out, though, that the, the console it launched on was 32 gigs. So right. you were and, you know, also some of that was eaten up by the OS. So you're basically on day one, like Breath of the Wild and a couple of other things. And mo- most of my internal storage was packed up, too. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And I, I have an SD card and I'm starting to run into, you know, yeah. storage problems mm-hmm. on Switch are still mm-hmm. as well. And like the the so 64 gigs is, you know, on PC is half of a Call of Duty right like that is it's not big enough you're unless you're i think that model is really accessible but you're going to either need an sd card or basically have it be like an indie platform Mm -hmm. pretty much which at that point is like well then probably if you are yeah if you already have a switch you probably don't need that like sort of you don't need this as an indie platform probably although there are indie games that are not on switch you know especially stuff that needs pc and mouse control or mouse controls this year i decided i actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals so i subscribed to a service that streams all of the nhl to your television uh the boston bruins home opener i went to watch it and boom blackout restrictions apply which i thought was kind of ridiculous because i'm still 200 miles away from boston but whatever had i had nordvpn that wouldn't have been a problem i would have just gone in changed my settings to another geographic area and boom i could have been watching all the boston bruins home games like it was nothing at all so now i have nordvpn and i can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated it's the same thing with like netflix it has all these complicated licensing rules which from one country to another don't really make sense so something you could watch on south korean netflix you won't be able to watch on the united states netflix unless nordvpn boom switch south korea and you're watching whatever korean drama that you want i highly recommend you do that i haven't done it myself but people seem to enjoy them and who am i to try to bring down people's enjoyment uh nordvpn more than just entertainment and sports availability it's going to protect you especially when you're traveling when you're using public wi-fi people are trying to get in there they're creeping on you bad actors people trying to steal your password your bank account details who knows what the government's doing these days i can't keep track they're all over the damn place nordvpn It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, It's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, Um unsavory actors are out there if you want to get the best discount off your nord vpn plan go to nordvpn.com slash nintendo vc that's nordvpn.com slash nintendo vc victor charlie uh that link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan there is no risk with nord's 30-day money-back guarantee that's nice of them and i appreciate that Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Keyboard controls. But, I digress. Uh, this thing has a single USB-C port. Um, 
and it can dock. You can connect it to external monitors. You can hook up mouse and keyboard to it, whatever you want. Uh, it, they are making an official dock for it that is going to be sold separately. They haven't said the price on that, but the really kind of like, like you were saying, literally you can just, it's not like a proprietary thing like the Switch where it's like you have to have their dock or like a mm-hmm. third party's thing might brick it or whatever. Like literally they were running the dock that they were running it on for our demo was like like a $30 Amazon USB adapter, mm, okay. right? Like it was, mm-hmm. like I just Googled it and like the most popular USB-C hub that has like an HDMI and USB ports is like 20 bucks on Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. so it's not like that, that I don't think is going to be a uh, a kind of uh, gated part of it because I think that the people that are going to want to use this as a docked desktop PC, which it could be used as, probably aren't going to yeah. sweat just like a USB adapter. Okay. You also mentioned that any Bluetooth controller can will connect to it, and like even like AirPods. Would yeah, any, to anything well. that anything can connect to a PC. So like like for example, Steam already has support for the Steam for the Switch Pro controller, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can already attach a Switch Pro controller to a PC and go into right. Steam and customize the controls for whatever PC game you're using. So theoretically, you could hook up a Switch Pro controller to this and like use it as a as a a, a bluetooth controller mm-hmm. i yeah i think that's what's interesting if you look at the sort of competition in the history of nintendo handhelds or versus nintendo handhelds um nintendo always ultimately won for a number of reasons one was price point form factor but also games right games yeah. are the most important thing and i think when you looked at the vita you know there was like joke like vita has no games right and it, it had a good library but like ultimately it like it couldn't really come against your, you know, your Mario Karts and Zeldas and Pokemons and stuff like that. Those are the real big system sellers. Um, Valve doesn't have that problem, right? Steam has an, a gigantic library. It's not necessarily like what's interesting about this is like it's a pricey entry point. But once you're in, you have access to your entire Steam library, mm-hmm. whereas on the Switch, it's a walled garden. You're, you know, in many ways, rebuying games you already bought on Wii U a few years ago. Um just different sort of philosophies there. I, I I find that fascinating, but I think that like what what's really cool about this is I don't I don't think this is going to be one of those things where Nintendo's like sweating bullets or they're making any significant changes. But uh, for people that did want a sort of higher end Switch type thing, you have this now option that you know it's not going to run, you know, the Skyward Sword HD or anything yet. <laughs> um, but who knows down the line, like this, this thing will be able to probably run homebrew and other things It obviously is smaller mm-hmm. markets stuff that, you know, we're, we're getting into, you know, weighty or dirty waters right now, muddy waters, Yeah, but, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like there's, yeah, I know what there's, you're saying. <laughs> it's flexible. And, and you're completely right. I do think that for switch owners who really wanted a switch pro and were disappointed by the OLED announcement, not really being that this is an enticing thing to an extent that like, you know, the, the, it is a slightly more expensive, right? Much more powerful handheld gaming device like that. And if you're looking to play things that you, if, if the switch is your only gaming device and you really love handheld gaming, then this I think is actually a really good sort of step up for that where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't get to play your Nintendo first party games, but also you get access to AAA games like Death Stranding that are not on Switch. And so there's a trade-off there a hundred percent. And I think I think I've said this already and I think Brian, you already said it too, of like, I don't think this is gonna re- I don't think these are gonna like replace each other. Yes, they're gonna compete against each other, but I think that there is this is just an interesting other kind of niche for the handheld market. And I really like that because, you know, 
competition only breeds innovation and it only breeds kind of improvement. And, you know, this is 100% speculation now, but like an argument could be made that maybe Nintendo didn't think they needed to make a Switch Pro because there was no competition in the handheld space. So like, why are they trying, why would they try to spend money to improve like that? Mm -hmm. And now there's competition in the handheld space. And now they have someone who's saying like, hey, we've got a stronger device than you that looks similar. Like that is, you know, that that can only be good for everybody. Mm-hmm. One, one of the things I also hope that it it kind of pushes Nintendo into a direction is the fact that if you get this, like you said, you you have access to your entire Steam library. Right. Which is so, you know, so different than than when you get a Switch. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I really hope that it 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 pushes Nintendo to open up their back catalog because I think it's such a shame that the company that has probably the best back catalog in all of gaming, uh, you know, ha- it, it piecemeals it so, so slowly to its audience in such a, like a frustrating way. Um, I, I really hope that it, this kind of pushes Nintendo to open up the N64 library, open up more of the SNES library. It, even the GameCube library, to be honest, um, mm-hmm. because the, one of the big advantages of this device is the fact that you have literally in the entirety of Steam at your disposal. Mm-hmm. I definitely think you're all right that competition absolutely breeds greatness. And Nintendo, I think, is going to have to show a little bit more to make it more appealing to people who are maybe looking at both of these systems come holiday season this year. Um, I, I also wanted to mention as well, though, that the Steam Deck. You don't you also have access to other game launchers. You don't only have access to Steam. Mm-hmm. You can right. also uh, launch your Epic Games library as well. So you have access to all of your PC libraries on this thing. Right. And if I don't know, I think but Nintendo has Nintendo games. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's the thing at the end of the day, right? Like it mm-hmm. is really easy to look at the OLED switch and look at this and say, wow, this is kind of embarrassing for Nintendo. Yep. 50 extra dollars gets you a thing that is so much more powerful and so much more open right but it, it is also not <laughs> like as sad as the as kind of like you can take this how you will and you can feel about this how you will zelda and mario are convincing right yeah. zelda pokemon's convincing pokemon is metroid convincing. is convincing <laughs> animal crossing exactly. ring fit like if you look yeah. at mpd people aren't the average switch consumer doesn't care about uh, power they're they're buying right. things for the hula hoop exercise game and creature furniture simulator like 100 <laughs> if the nintendo if the nintendo audience only cared about power the switch never would have been as successful as it was that's just mm-hmm. plain and simple right like this is this is not just a question of stronger i think that it will appeal to the people who really did want the switch pro but you know N- nintendo is more than just a hardware company. They are one of the best software companies as well. And that is a thing that this is missing, even if you do get other games in their place. Right. So, Tom, just a few days after you went hands-on with Steam Deck, you also went hands-on with the Nintendo Switch OLED. The day that, after. <laughs> the day after. <laughs> yeah. So, um, can you compare your experiences and let us know like how the new Switch felt overall as well? Yeah, I it's funny, Brian, you tweeted about this, but like I, I literally played the Steam Deck, got on a plane, came home, went to bed, got up, and then went to Nintendo and played the OLED Switch, right? Like it was it was a busy, busy week. Um 
And the you almost had like a Groundhog Day situation where you just kept waking up to new handouts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I was like, can I just go like, can I play the Playdate this week too or something? Like, Go to Sega, play the Game Gear 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, um, so yeah, I played the OLED Switch as well and it was really cool, right? Like I, I wrote a whole hands-on about this that you can you can check out and Brian and I talked about it a little bit in a video on, on IGN's YouTube and on IGN.com, but um. You know, one thing I will say right off the bat, because we have been saying, oh, it's $50 more and you get all this more. The OLED Switch does have a nicer screen than the Steam Deck, right? The Steam Deck is, it's a nice screen. It's a fine screen, but it's an LCD screen. And this is an OLED and the OLED looks great in comparison to the the original Switch's OLED or uh, the original Switch's screen. So like, that's, that's part of it. it, it is I the OLED screen bigger than the Steam Deck screen? Uh, we weren't able to compare anything side by side. Oh, yeah, they are yeah, both yeah. they are both listed as seven inches. Um, okay. and the Steam Deck screen is actually weirdly twelve eighty by eight hundred. It's the uh sixteen by ten version of seven twenty p rather than the sixteen by nine version of seven twenty p. So it's got a little bit more vertical height. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of how they compare one to one, I'm not sure. I know that the Steam Deck is a little bit of a bigger device overall, but not like. I mean, it's bigger, definitely, but it's not like alarmingly bigger to me, at least. Um, but yeah, the the OLED switch was I maintain what I said in my hands on, basically, which is that like. Fifty extra dollars, if you're already getting a switch, 50 extra dollars for all of these kind of little improvements, like the way better kickstand and the way nicer screen and that sort of stuff, I think is kind of a no brainer to me. It really just feels like that like a a very good improvement including the extra 32 gigs of memory right or storage that's a lot of stuff for 50 extra dollars but also nothing i saw when i was playing it convinced me that i needed to replace my current switch for it i guess and that's like an interesting distinction i think because i think there's probably a lot of both people but also nintendo's already sold 85 million switches so mm-hmm. like this is I, I don't know. It's it's a little tricky to me. It was not as impressive as I as I hoped it would be. It was not the Switch Pro I wanted it to be. But at the same time, I think it is a really nice, substantial upgrade for only $50 more if you're already getting a Switch, you know, anyway. It feels like jumping up like phone models almost like year yeah. by year where you're kind of like, it doesn't really have that like wow factor of like, you know, it's like when I got the even the, like the PS4 Pro, I remember when I first set that up, I was like, yep, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> right. And then I started playing games. and I was like, all right, I got it. But this doesn't, you know, it doesn't have the power boost behind it. But I guess the difference is like on phones, like I'm on the phone payment plan thing where you just pay every month and every year they send you the new one. And like now I'm in a situation where I'm like, I would like to play on a nicer screen. But like how much of a hit am I going to take for trading in my old switch? Like I have yeah. to, you know put it on eBay or something and then take that money, put it towards the new one, assuming it's not sold out, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, it's how much is that experience worth it for existing players, I guess, you know? And, and also I will say full disclosure, like I used to play my switch handheld a lot more than I do during the pandemic. Right. right. I used to play it on the train all the time, almost exclusively in handheld mode. But in the last year and a half, I've basically almost, only almost only been playing docked. Um, so it is less appealing to me too in my purse in my shoes because like when you're playing docked you literally there's basically no improvements outside of a built-in land port that you could have gotten for thirty dollars third party anyway yeah. right and you um, should if you're playing Smash Brothers so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah sorry I had to get that off my chest no no it's totally no, it's fair. good yeah 
So yeah, it's <laughs> I was I was both impressed but not blown away by the the OLED switch, I'd say. I do have a question for you. For those of us who have accessories like switch cases and satisfy grips and all of those other yeah. things, I know that this is slightly bigger. Will any of that work with this model? So I'm I don't know the answer to that because I didn't get to test these things mm-hmm. out specifically. What I would say is I would be shocked. I would be pretty surprised if cases didn't work still because cases tend to not be a like super snug fit. And like the amount that this thing is, it's literally only very slightly longer. The body is Mm -hmm. very, very slightly longer and it's like millimeters, right? Like it is, it is a small amount. I had to looking at it, holding it, it does not feel or look longer at all. And so I think that that difference would not matter to a case. Something like the satisfy grip though is like, designed within millimeter tolerances and if that thing can't bend a little bit or flex to that little bit of extra room then it might not work i could see Mm. that being a world where the satisfy grip maybe is a little too snug to work with with the the oled switch but again i did not test that so i do not know hands-on uh for for anything that does not require like a lot of precision though with the sizing i would i would bet there won't be a problem but since it is the same uh, horizontal height, yeah, uh, something like the S1, where you have the pro controller, the S1 fixture, and the screen oh, right, on right. top, that would still work. Yeah, I, I'd imagine so. Okay, so, so actually, my first time learning that it's slight, it's slightly larger. I actually thought yeah. they just ex- <clears throat> expanded the display past where the, the bezel used to be. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's, and I don't think it's a big like. I think, like I said, to 99.9% of people, it's not going to be a thing that you even literally notice or care about at all. It's just mm-hmm. that, like, in those very specific situations, like the Satisfy Grip, where it really is about, like, a pressure fit, mm-hmm. I am not sure, but I think it may be a problem. I don't know for sure, though. I will have to get the thing hands-on, you know, in the future, mm-hmm. whenever it comes out or whatever, and have in in a situation where we can start testing it with these things before we really know that. And luckily I think that probably we'll have that answer before it's out. Yes. Mm-hmm. 100%. We should honestly just do a whole video article about like testing out all of your favorite switch accessories with the OLED. Right. All your Joy-Cons still drift. The uh yeah. the, <laughs> the satisfied grip um I believe got like a a slight sort of redesign uh, in its last iteration to account for the original kind of launch versions um, kind of overly snugness. It was Mm -hmm. kind of like it was kind of tight to get the switch to to stay to to get in there or get it out. But and so I feel like they, they figured that out a little bit with the second round of them. But it's interesting if Nintendo pushed it out ever so slightly. That you know they're just gonna have to keep growing. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's it is so much. It is such a small amount of ex- like longer that like the dock I believe is the same size, and it doesn't mm-hmm. look like it's extending past it. Right? Like that is how small yeah. amount of an amount of like increase this is. So it could be that the satisfy grip is just fine. It's just I don't <laughs> know for sure. They're selling the docks individually as well. I'm wondering, right, could yes. you could you buy this dock and then dock your current switch into it and then take advantage of the Ethernet if that's a thing you wanted to do because you were weird? I think so. I mean, I, I don't see a reason why you wouldn't. The connection, I believe, is the same internally, right? Right. All the, yeah, so yeah, that's not an issue. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and the, and the new dock does also, I, I will say, you know, like it has those rounded edges, so it is like probably a little bit less scratchy 
<laughs> for lack of a better term. Um, but yeah, otherwise the dock is pretty, it's, it's white. Yep. <laughs> That's all I got to say. <laughs> so with all of that information that we now have, I have two questions for you. One, will you be purchasing or have you pre-ordered the Nintendo Switch OLED? And two, will you be purchasing a Steam Deck this year? Uh, no and probably is my uh is my kind of take on this so yeah the switch oled went on pre-order as recording this today right and the um steam deck i believe they said reservations are starting in the near future and oled's coming out in october and Mm -hmm. the steam deck doesn't have a date but it's this holiday so i'm I'm they're lining up a little bit right but i was reading december today but i mean like that's holiday right so yeah they 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 might have uh gotten a little more resolute with that since last time we talked to them so Mm -hmm. yeah but um yeah so no i'm not gonna get an oled i don't have really a need for it and i don't want to upgrade my current switch because that's kind of a hassle but the steam deck is incredibly appealing to me as somebody who is already a big pc gamer and can now potentially take those things on the go like that's that's super enticing to me what about you mitchell uh i would say no and maybe um i think one of the things I want to see with the the Steam Deck is how how it's received, how you know successful it ends up being, and then maybe I would consider jumping in on the second iteration sure. because this is one of those things where you know they have said that if it does well, they do want to iterate upon it, and we, I feel like we're coming to like a point in in video games where there's about to be another leap in in graphics, and I feel like this this next generation of AAA games is probably not going to be you know, something I would want to play on on that first generation Steam Deck. So I, I would probably want to, you know, wait a little and just see how how things develop with it. Real quick, I will say on that point, and not to get too nitty gritty into like PC, the PC graphics world, totally a fair concern. 100% agree with that logic. But also one of the things that I think is interesting about the future of graphics in general and kind of the PC gaming space and beyond is it's starting to focus a lot on things like higher frame rates, higher resolutions and like kind of extras like ray tracing. And because the Steam Deck is 720p, 60 FPS as it's kind of native thing, there's going to be, I I think this thing will last longer than people are maybe expecting it to because Mm -hmm. those things that, those other things that developers are starting to push for are not going to affect it as much graphically. That said, I, I think your logic is still 100% sound. I just, I, I think it will, it'll hold up a little bit better than maybe expected, is my assumption. What about, what about the future Steam Deck RT that has ray <laughs> tracing built in and a 4K one, monitor? I think this one does actually have capable, ray tracing is, oh, does is it? ray tracing capable, yeah. Okay. Steam, Steam Deck RT launches the same day as the Switch Pro, so that's, that's going to be tough. <laughs> um, as of the time of this recording, Casey, uh, the Switch OLED goes up for pre-order in exactly 20 minutes. And I have like two tabs open just to sort of keep an eye on it and it kind of test my will and personal strength. <laughs> I, again, I've outlined I don't need this thing, um, but I, I am sort of interested in it. I'm interested in seeing how it does. And at the very least, it, it's free to pre-order something and I can cancel so I might get mm-hmm. a pre-order in, and if I decide I don't want it, um, I'll give it to a friend or something like that. And uh, don't worry, I won't scalp it. I'm not like an awful dude. 
and then you know then then they'll, they'll be happy or if i decide to keep it then maybe i'll i'll be happy i'll figure out a way to trade in my old one um and definitely yes to the steam deck i'm i'm all in on this thing it seems really really cool um i've long struggled with the sort of ability to connect my brain with playing my pc game library on a device that doesn't send me like emails and slack messages and <laughs> like i i work on a high-end gaming pc all day it's where i do all my video production and the idea of like shutting down for the day and then being like ah i'm done time to have a nice time playing video games on this on this thing um is is kind of lost for me uh that said in the meantime um there is steam link and i've been playing a lot of stuff through backbone um on iphone which is a hundred dollar device i just plug my phone into and you can access your steam library there so that's you know that circumvents it that's all through sort of like cloud remote play kind of stuff but um yeah i just love handheld gaming so i'm I'm happy to buy into both of these things and it's good to note too that the the steam deck does have steam link cloud streaming support so you could also like you can improve the battery life a ton if you like if you got good internet by just streaming right. your computer to it rather than oh cool yeah man so if i had it just upgraded my switch my launch day switch to the monster hunter collector's edition i would probably would be buying this oled instead i had been holding out i was like i'm just gonna wait i'm just gonna wait and um my old switch is is not great monster hunter stories just drains the battery so fast it actually died while it was docked the other day wow so i never definitely (laughs) yeah no i just i mean to be to clarify and to be clear, I was streaming at the same time, but it has to be docked in order to stream. So I don't know, but it, the battery died or it overheated and shut off. No, it the battery died, actually, because then it, it wouldn't turn back on because it said the battery is dead. So, yeah, my battery died while it was docked. Very glad I Wild. have the collector's edition. Yeah, I know. Right. But I have the collector's edition for Monster Hunter. I'm going to transfer my stuff over there because I don't want to mess with this launch day switch anymore <laughs> after that happened. Um, but I don't I don't think the OLED is worth me upgrading since I just bought a new system. Uh, the Steam Deck, on the other hand, I am super enticed by this because as i've said i am lazy and can't be bothered with pc gaming (laughs) but this might make it a lot easier for me and being able to just hook it up to a tv and move it from room to room just it sounds really appealing to me and but i think i need to see exactly how it works and kind of like look at like how streamlined it all is before i i commit but if i did decide to commit i would honestly probably just go for the the uh the most expensive model maybe because i don't i don't own a gaming pc so like this would be like me buying a like gaming pc that would allow me to play games right. it's 650 dollars for 512 gigabytes but it also has an anti-glare etched glass screen uh screen treatment so like does that mean it's easier to be able to play outside i think that's i, don't know. I think that's part of it yeah mm-hmm. um yeah the models are i guess we didn't say this it's 400 for mm-hmm. 64 gigs 200 or 530 for 256 gigs and 650 for 512 but the 256 gig and the 512 gig ones also have a faster drive it's an nvme ssd oh yeah um and then the top line has that etched anti-glare screen um but otherwise the internals are all identical so it's the the 64 gigabyte and the 512 gigabyte ones are are just as powerful as each other um 
and yeah, I, I I think that that is a good point about it, right? Like, even if you're just like, I would say, even if you're just completely unrelated to the Switch and unrelated to handheld stuff, if you're just like thinking about a gaming PC and you like handhelds, this is like a shockingly cheap way to get a strong gaming PC. Like, exactly my thought. Six hundred fifty dollars is like you could build a decent PC with that, right? Like, it is not. It it is really really affordable in the it's $650 in the console space is incredibly expensive. $650 yes. in the PC space is like, like pretty dang nice. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. One thing, one thing I, I want to bring up and Tom, maybe you can speak to if this is like a legit concern. One of the great things about, uh, you know, console gaming is the, the fact that when you buy a console game, you're getting the experience that the developers are intending for that console. And sometimes, you know, the frame rate might, might not be great um, and, you know, it might have those issues. But I think when you go to PC gaming, it's one of those things where you don't always know for sure how well a game is going to run on your rig unless you go to like a site like can my can my rig run this or whatever yeah. sure do you think there's going to be a lot of people picking this up with that console mentality and like you know by you know getting like you know uh let's say let's say control and they put it on like you know the ultra settings and they're like oh this this doesn't run nearly as well as as i as it does on Play- playstation 4 mm-hmm. uh i would say that anybody who's coming from a console world to buy this probably won't touch the graphic settings at all. Mm. Like that's that's my kind of gut take on that is that the the people who are messing with graphic settings are probably not going to be the people like are, are are probably like that's probably a different audience than the console audience coming to this. Um mm-hmm. what I will say is we did talk to Valve a bit about like settings, right? Most AAA games kind of default to whatever works they it thinks will work well on the system. Um and then also uh developers valve i think ta- it was ta- is talking to developers about how they can like create profiles for the steam deck where the game can detect that it's running on deck hardware and then mm, kind of default to cool. a certain <laughs> setting right so there's right. i i think that they're gonna it's gonna be relatively accessible also the fact that it's a 720 or an 800p 720p screen right is like mm-hmm. lowers the bar for all of that processing sure. power by a lot so I think it's a definitely a concern, but I think probably the people like people who just want to treat this as like a console type thing will probably not have a terrible experience with it for the most part. Okay. All right. So we basically spent almost all of our time talking about <laughs> the Switch OLED and the new Steam Deck. But before Sorry. we do run out of time, no, it was a really interesting topic. And like I had a billion questions about it. And I'm sure other people did, too. Mm-hmm. And I think this was very informative. At least it was for me. It helped me make some decisions. But I did want to touch upon Skyward Sword, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD specifically, because that is coming out on Friday. Mitchell's been able to play it. Travis Northup put up his review in progress. It is not quite done, but I did want to talk about some hands-on impressions before that game comes out tomorrow. So, Mitchell, how has your experience with The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD been so far? It's funny because my memory of this game is very counter to what everyone says about it. I I remember playing this game and really loving it. Um I, I you know I I obviously understood the the complaints about you know motion controls and uh the fact that you do revisit a lot of the same locations a lot. But this game is so dang charming. It's I think it's probably the funniest Zelda game that that there is. Uh 
it's got some of the best characters i think of of any zelda game i've played and i think the the thing that really strikes me about it is how clever they are with the motion controls and the way that affects how you fight certain enemies like there's there's a i'm I'm gonna spoil one one of the enemies there's like a spider that like drops down and you can't hit it from the sides you can't hit it from the top and then you're just like wait a second what if you do an uppercut it flips the spider in the air it lands on the ground you know belly up and then you're able to jump on it and stab it in the belly and it's like that is the coolest enemy interaction in all of Zelda. <laughs> it's just so yeah. dang cool. And there's so many moments like that where like you think you know how to how to solve a puzzle because you know you've seen this puzzle a million times. You see like a, a, a an eye or something that's on the wall and you're like, "Okay, I shoot the eye with the arrow." And mm-hmm. then you try to shoot the eye with the arrow and the, the eye closes. You're like, "Oh, well, what do I have to do?" And then you you raise your sword and you see, "Oh, the eye is following my sword." And then you spin it around to make it dizzy, and then that defeats the eye. It's like it's just such a cool way of of uh, of approaching Zelda tropes and like kind of flipping them on their head a little bit, and you know doing it in a way that you don't really expect. That I really really appreciate about Skyward Sword. I mean, motion controls aside, I think it's worth pointing out that this combat system is so cool. They literally made for honor. Like, like <laughs> that's the, true. The For Honor combat system is basically Zelda Skyward Sword's oh, yeah. combat system, and like it works. It is that in depth, and like you have a lot of enemies that feel like like duels, like one on one duels, like in For Honor, mm-hmm. because you're like kind of hit where they're not defending and timing your attacks right. Like I think it's. I agree. I I remember this game very fondly. Obviously, it has problems. Obviously, the motion controls had issues at times. But like I, I also remember this game fond. So, Mitchell, I specifically want to know, how do the stick controls feel versus the motion controls? So, they work. Um, <laughs> they <definitely> work. <laughs> um, if, if I wanted to go, you know, play this game in my bed on the pad, I could. Uh, it, it's definitely one of those things where this game was meant for motion controls. You know, you, you, can, you can make... Sp- a bunch of complaints about you know the controls being finicky and not doing exactly what it is you want to do but when you try to adapt that to just a control stick it doesn't automatically solve those issues um and i think it makes it makes certain things feel better it makes certain things feel worse like swimming i think feels better on on a pad i think you know flying has less you know, it, it, if you, you feel more accurate when you're flying with the bird when you're using a controller as opposed to using, you know, the, the tilt function of your motion controls. Um, but I think combat is so intrinsically designed for motion controls that, like, when you get into, you know, flicking the stick to, to make a slash, you, it, it does this weird thing where, you have, you, let's say you flick the, the the stick to the right. You'll see Link move his sword to the right, and then he'll do a slash. It's not it, like there's a little bit of a delay that just isn't there when you use motion controls. And in a game like this, where like the enemies, the openings that they that they give you are very very small, and to like have that delay be the thing that makes you miss that opening is kind of frustrating. And also the other thing is. How do I explain this? Okay, so let's say let's say a bokoblin, a bobokline, is blocking <laughs> to the left. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, 
my brain tells me I should go, I should flick the stick to the right because the right side of his, his body isn't guarded, right? But that's actually the opposite of what you want to do because oh. the, the, the stick follows the path of your sword. So if you flick the stick to the left, what you're really telling the game is I want to swing the sword from the right and have it end up on the left side. But if they're blocking, if they're blocking that way, you're going to get blocked. So, so you actually have to you have to treat like their shield as a sign that that says attack me this way, which is kind of counterintuitive and messes with my brain when I'm when I'm playing so, with the so, stick controls. So if the shield is on the right, you want to flick towards the right. Yes. So in terms of the motion controls, then, because I, I was actually pretty excited to play this with traditional controls, which I guess aren't traditional in the case of Skyward Sword. <laughs> um, but now you've talked me out of it, so I will play in TV mode and with motion controls. How, how did those feel? Because like one of my issues with the original version of this game was that it didn't feel like it consistently registered my moves and movements. And like that annoyed me as somebody that was used to sort of tight precision-based controls in traditional Zelda games um, to have something that like, you know, one out of 10 times or even one out of 20 times didn't do what I wanted it to do. I think it's still going to annoy you. Um, <laughs> thank you for being honest. With me. <laughs> I think it's still going to annoy you. Uh, like, you know, diagonals are, are particularly, uh, you know, tricky. Sometimes it's, it's hard to do like an exact diagonal on, on the control sticks. You know, you might accidentally be just in the, the, the window where it's a left a left swing or a down swing um so i think that will still happen um but yeah it, you know it's it's not bad i would say it's not bad it's just not what i personally would want to would want to play uh as far as this game goes and the, i'm also i'm also are are they better are the motion controls better than they were than on the wii I, I think they're, oh, are they better than they were on the Wii? I feel like they're about the same, to be honest. Okay. Um, yeah, and again, like... This is I, a roller coaster. I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't super mind the, the motion controls on the Wii. They had, it's like you said, Brian, like, it is one of those things where, you know, maybe one out of 10, one out of 20 times, I'll do, like, a, a, a sword slash that I didn't mean to do. But, you know, it's, it's just, I, I, I was able to look past that and, uh, just, just from my perspective, and I'm also, I'm also a super huge dork. Um, I like, I like the the feeling of being able to slash like that and and like you know register hits. I like being able to hold my my stupid little controller in the air, <laughs> charge it up, and be like Skyward Strike, and like be like an anime character. So that that's just like a personal you know nerdy appeal to me. Um, but yeah, and I don't I don't expect other people to have the same the same reaction. <laughs> I'm down for that. I, I feel like that and all the there's a you know a ton of little quality of life tweaks here happening under the hood that I'm very interested in seeing. Like I, I keep seeing stuff sort of on social media that wa there wasn't even in any of the trailers. Just like little things that move faster or you know become mm -hmm. a little bit more accessible, and that that's what this game needed. So I'm I'm all in. Yeah, I think the it tutorials are skippable, and the uh, item descriptions that pop up every time you pick some pick something up isn't there anymore, and probably yeah. a few other things, right? Yeah, uh, you know, this is it's been so long since I've played Skyward Sword that I don't even remember like how bad Fee was. Uh, <laughs> you know, hearing people talk about it, I, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I guess Fee was pretty bad. Playing this, Fee's not an issue at all. Like, I, I haven't okay. even 
you know thought about her at all other than the fact that she's a really boring character and i miss minda <laughs> uh, yeah minda is great so everyone thank you so much for taking the time to talk about these only two topics but we went pretty in depth with one of them i hope that that was okay we will be back next week to talk more about all of the other things we didn't get a chance to this week honestly there's not a whole lot these are the most two important things and we talked about those things but look out for travis northup's full review of the legend of zelda skyward sword hd coming soon maybe today or tomorrow yeah and it, it remember- should be it should yeah. be before the end of the week so if you're waiting to decide on that it, it it'll probably be it, it'll probably be by the end of the week thank you tom i appreciate that remember nintendo voice chat goes live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you are listening, I implore you to go over to IGN Games' YouTube channel and watch the video so you can see all of the stuff that we were talking about. And remember, Nintendo Voice Chat is the only place you can. Get the thing. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.